Hey, teacher friends. This is your host, Kara Rickman from Create Your Balance with Literacy. I'm a 23-year veteran teacher turned coach, mentor, and trainer to help teachers like you develop their craft and teaching cross-curricular. I cannot wait to share all of my tips and tricks with you today. Are you ready to take your classroom to the next level? Because you don't have to be a veteran teacher to be loved by your students and your parents. So let's get this party started, shall we? Today's episode is all about my 12 behavior management strategies. You should have behavior management strategies in your classroom. And if you don't, check this out. A lot of teachers struggle with behavior management strategies, especially if they are a first-year teacher. They are either too nice and let the kids run all over them, or they're afraid of disciplining because they don't want the parents to complain. Well, no offense to first-year teachers, but I've seen a lot of them, and it just seems like they're way too nice. Parents complain anyway, so let's just move past that. I've been known for having great classroom management at my school. A lot of teachers look at my class and say that they are the best behaved first grade class. The PE teachers especially can always tell which kids are mine. When I taught third grade, my nickname was Fluff and Tough, I guess because I was fun but structured at the same time. I love a challenge, so when I have a student in my classroom who is very challenging behaviorally, I love to see how I can help them be successful. I'm going to share with you my 12 behavior management strategies that have really helped me shape my classroom management system over the years. I hope that you can get some great ideas for your classroom as well. Number one, create a social contract on the first day of school. Number two, use bonus books as positive and negative behavior reinforcement. Number three, have a treasure box or a prize box. Number four, use a star student as a peer facilitator. Number five, use secret walker for hallway expectations. Number six, have a desk contest for table points. Number seven, bury can't to promote growth mindset. Number eight, have a heads down when the behavior gets way out of hand. Number nine, Mr. Clicker attention getter. Number 10, engage your students during a story. Number 11, have countdowns for easy and smooth transitions. And number 12, pack and stack race with class jobs. So number one is to create a social contract on the very first day of school. So I always start out with a social contract and the students all help me generate rules for our classroom. I ask the students these questions. How do we want to be treated by me, the teacher? How do you want to be treated by each other? How do you want to be to treat the teacher? How do you want to be treated when there's conflict? And then we write down all of our ways that we want to treat each other on the anchor chart. Then we make our hands out of construction paper and I tape them around the contract on the door. I laminate them and the students sign their names on the hands. So they take ownership of the contract. Then we read the stories, the kings, the king and queen of kindergarten. And we talk about how we are supposed to act in first grade. We make these writing craftivities that I hang outside on my bulletin board. The students write I can statements inside of each bubble to tell how they will behave as the king or queen of first grade. For example, they can write, I can share, I can help others, I can try my best, I can be very respectful, I can be kind, and I can show responsibility. Number two, using bonus bucks for positive and negative behavior. I know that some teachers don't agree with taking away rewards or incentives, but I think that students need to have consequences whether they are natural or they're earned. I use bonus bucks every day in my classroom for my students to earn money 
for the treasure box. I give them out for good behavior, but I can also take them away. I tell my students this. Let's say that you're driving down the highway and a policeman stops you and gives you a ticket because you're speeding. You have to pay a fine for the ticket because you broke the law. Well, same thing goes for my classroom. If you break a rule, you have to pay a fine. That is real life. By telling my students this story, they really seem to understand why I'm taking bonus bucks away because they're not following the rules. And at the end of the week, they use their bonus bucks to go to the treasure box. This gives them something to look forward to on each Friday. I have my bonus bucks divided into colors for each amount. The $1 are pink, the $5 are blue, the $10 are green, the $20 are yellow, the $50 are white, and the $100 are purple. My students keep their bonus bucks in a very special cup or container on their desks. Number three, have a treasure box or prize box for the students to earn their rewards. I think having something that your students can look forward to each week makes them want to work harder to make good choices. Each Friday, my students can go to the treasure box if they have the correct amount of money. The first week of school, they have to have $10 to pick a prize. If they do not have the right amount of money, then they have to wait the following week. So I tell my students this story. Let's say that you go to Walmart to buy a toy and you don't have enough money to buy the toy. Can you still buy it? No. You have to go back home and earn more money at your job until you have enough money to buy the toy. This helps them understand to not get upset. Of course, I will still have some students that will cry if they can't get a toy, but I always tell them to try again the following week and eventually they will get there. Just make better choices the same next week. You can also keep your bonus bucks if you have them left over and they will keep growing and growing the following week. I always try and stock my treasure box with fun and interesting items that go along with the holidays, such as stickers, squishy balls, happy meals, party favors, hard candy, and holiday toys. My students love Fridays because of the treasure box, and it helps them stay on track. Number four, use a star student as a peer facilitator. Having a star student be your teacher helper for the week has been a lifesaver for me. I love choosing a new student each week to be my star student. They have very important jobs such as handing out papers, giving out bonus bucks to the secret walker, being a peer facilitator during my reading groups, sitting at a VIP table, having a star student placemat, decorating a star student bulletin board, and taking the star student bag home for the weekend. My favorite job for my star student is having them be my peer facilitator. This is the job I have them do when I'm with my reading groups and they get to answer questions for me so I'm not interrupted. They get to wear a visor that says, ask me, while they answer questions. And I bought these visors from Hobby Lobby and I hot glued foam letters on them that say, ask me. I have all the different colors, red, yellow, orange, purple, green, blue. My students love this job because they love to be the teacher's helper. This is a lot less stressful for me when I have my reading group to work with and I'm unable to answer questions. Of course, you have to train the students, but once they know what to do, it's golden. And yes, even first graders can be the peer facilitator. Number five, use the secret walker for hallway expectations. Another important job that my star student does in the classroom is to pick a secret walker. When we walk to different places like camp, recess, lunch, or assemblies, the star student watches the line to see who is walking the quietest with their bubble and their thumb up. This gives the star student ownership of the class. I just walk to the side and watch. Some star students are better than others at keeping the line quiet, but it's so great to see the leader in them come out. 
At the end of our destination, the star student will pick the secret walker and give them bonus books. I just make sure they pick someone different each time so that it's fair and equal to all. This is so fun for the students to have this job, and it's also fun for me to watch. Number six, have a desk contest for table points. I love having a farm contest. What's a farm contest, you ask? Well, my students are competing against each other to see who the quietest table is for bonus books. If they talk, they get a point written on their table animal. The star student gets to write the points on the animals. The animals I have are calico cats, red roosters, palomino ponies, gray goats, and pink pigs because I have a farmhouse theme. They love this job. At the beginning of the year, we practice a farm contest for about five minutes at a time to build their stamina. And eventually, we will have a farm contest on all day. So my students know that whenever they're working at their desk during reader's workshop or writer's workshop or math workshop, they know that farm contest is always on. At the end of the day, I collect the bonus bucks for the table points. If they don't have any points, then they get to earn the bonus bucks. Each month, I raise the price of the farm contest to make it harder to win, but easier to get more money if they're quiet. If you walk into my classroom during a farm contest, you'll hear music playing and see that the students are working quietly at their desks. This frees me up to have my reading groups and math groups or to test my students on their benchmarks. If you're interested in checking out a video of how my classroom runs during a farm contest, check out my YouTube channel called Create Your Balance with Literacy. Number seven, Barry Can't to promote optimism. At the beginning of the year, we read The Little Engine That Could. This is a story about an engine, about a train, who is trying to get over the mountain with toys and uh, food and different things for the children on the other side of the mountain. And she keeps saying, I think I can, I think I can. Well, she keeps trying and trying and trying. So it's a really good story about being optimistic. So I have an anchor chart that says, I can't. So instead of saying can't, you say, I'm having trouble. And my students know that if they say can't, I'm going to correct them. I tell them that if they say can't, their brain shuts down. It's very hard to get your brain out of that slump. So instead of saying can't, they say, I'm having trouble. This helps them stay optimistic and to persevere through the hard times. And yes, there will be hard times. There will be times when you get frustrated. There will be times when you want to put your head down and just don't do anything. There will be times that you want to cry. But guess what? Everybody goes through this. By saying, I'm having trouble, helps your brain to not shut down. So we practice that a lot at the beginning of the year. So whenever someone does accidentally say can't, the whole class says, don't say can't. Can't is buried. So we put him in a tombstone under the ground and we bury him for the whole year and he does not ever come back out. Number eight, heads down, having a mini lesson on good behavior. I've heard a lot of teachers complain that their class is very talkative and interrupts them nonstop. Well, I've been there too. And guess what? This easy strategy works wonders. My students hate this. Fortunately, I don't have to do heads down too often. But when I do, my students know I mean business. I always tell them I mean what I say and I say what I mean. I'm not a mean teacher. If the behavior gets really out of hand and the students are constantly talking over you, have a heads down. And a mini lesson. You turn off the lights and everyone has to put their head down on their desk and be absolutely quiet. I walk around and talk about what just happened. 
I remind them about what good behavior looks like and how first graders need to act. I remind them that they are practicing what they're going to be when they grow up. So practice making good choices. It really depends on the dynamics of your class and how much tolerance you have in order to have a heads down. Some classes I've had over the years don't need one at all, but some need one almost each week. Now here's the kicker. If we have a heads down, I tell my students they are wasting my teaching time. So now I'm going to take away their time at recess. So when we go to recess that day, I sit the whole class down for one minute and a timeout before they get to play. Now, I only do this for one minute, but to them, it feels like eternity. I try and make sure to get out to recess before any of the other classes do, so they are still getting their full time to play. But shh, don't tell them that. So the next time I have to stop during my mini lesson because they're talking over me, all I need to say is, do we need to have a heads down? This quickly fixes the behavior. Most of the time. You will still have those students who will blurt out and interrupt you, so that means they will need their own timeout at recess or need to be on a behavior contract. But that's a whole other podcast. Number nine, Mr. Clicker Attention Getter. Do you need something to get your students' attention? This may sound silly, but I use a pet clicker, clicker from the pet store to get their attention. I don't yell, scream, or shout at my students. All I need to do is click the clicker and I train all of my students to freeze and look at me. We practice this about 100 times during the first week of school, so they know to stop and look. This is extremely helpful when I'm teaching a reading or math group and some other students are being silly at their desks. I tell them that if they look at me and I'm looking at them, their table will get a point during the farm contest. This really saves my voice, especially if I lose my voice and I need to gain my students' attention. It is a lifesaver. And I know we've all been there with a lost voice. So go get a pet clicker. You won't regret it. Number 10, how to engage your students during a story. Most teachers have trouble with student engagement during a story, but this is one of my strengths. First of all, all of my students have an assigned spot on the carpet. I don't let them sit next to someone who they could be silly with. The students who have a hard time focusing and listening are always sitting in the front row, right next to my feet. The better listeners are always towards the back. Before reading the story, I start by saying, Applejacks! When the students hear this word, they sit up and freeze in their spots. I give out a bonus buck to whoever is the quietest. And this helps with getting the focus back on track. And if I notice that they are starting to get silly or talking during the story, I stop the story and I say, Applejacks! again, to regroup. I also give my students a challenge and tell them, a vocabulary word to listen for during the story. Whatever the word is, they have to put their thumbs up or touch their nose when they hear that word. It could be a vocabulary word that you are introducing and you want them to learn. This also increases student engagement because I give out a bonus book to whoever the best listener is and they love this. Number 11, countdown for smooth and quick transitions. I love using countdowns for my transitions. I think this helps with time management as well. If you're the kind of teacher who always goes over time with your lessons, try using a countdown to lessen your transition time. Check out my YouTube channel at Create Your Balance with Literacy to watch one of my videos about my students' transitions during math workshop. At the beginning of the year, I always count down out loud, but then by the end of the year, I don't need to count down anymore because my students understand what my expectations are during the transitions. They walk with their bubble and their thumb up, 
not only in the classroom, but in the hallways as well. I can't count down between subjects while the students are coming to the carpet or going back to their seats. I definitely would try this strategy to help with your time management because it's so helpful to you and your students. And finally, number 12, having a pack and stack race using class jobs. Have you ever tried having a cleanup race at the end of your day to help with getting your students to clean up quickly? I call mine pack and stack. Here's what I do. I have four jobs. Table captain, floor sweeper, pencil sharpener, and chair stacker. I have a poster in my classroom that has different colors on it. Each student has a colored dot sticker on their desk so they know what color they are. I rotate the jobs each week so everyone has a chance to be all four jobs. I give my students three minutes to clean their table area. They have to get their backpack on and stand next to their desk with their thumbs up. The cleanest table who is ready first wins the bonus bucks. This race has really saved me time at the end of the day. When I'm in a time crunch, this race really helps the teams work together and helps each other out with their jobs. If one student finishes their job first, they need to ask another student at their table if they need help. It's so amazing to see teamwork going on to win the race. And there you have it. I hope that you got some great ideas for behavior management in your classroom. And remember, whatever you try with your students, just remember to be consistent and equal to all and your classroom management will thrive. If you're interested in checking out my other episode about a day in first grade, check out my podcast or go to my blog, Create Your Balance with Literacy. Until next time, let's take your classroom to the next level. Bye-bye. Are you ready to take your back your weekends? Have you been staying at school too late every day prepping and planning for the next day? What if I told you all of your lesson plans, resources, anchor charts, and craftivities were already made for you and all you had to do was print them out? Guess what? I've got your back. How about a lifetime membership subscription that includes all of my first grade lesson plans, unlimited access to my TPT resources, my podcast, blog posts, YouTube videos, courses, and coaching calls with me for help and support. Click the link below in the show notes to check out my two choices for my memberships. Let's take your classroom to the next level. 